Frontier Missions Journal. Stories of hope for the unreached with Adventist Frontier Missions. This is Adam Clegg, and I would like to share with you another story from our time working with the Great River people in Southeast Asia. Now, let me give you just a little background on this story. The family that was there before us had purchased a pickup truck, and it's this pickup truck that tells the story. So you're going to hear the story through his voice. And I'd like to call this story Legacy of Love. As I drove down the highway, I think back over the events of the past few days. On Sabbath, I carried my family up into the hills for an afternoon picnic. After driving for about half an hour, they finally chose a pleasant spot in the shade of a large tree. They spread their picnic blanket and began enjoying the meal of potato salad and big frank sandwiches, while I amused myself by counting passing motos, which are motorcycles in America. One, two, three, Four, the fourth moto slowed down, turned around, and came back. The driver was staring at me. What did he want? He recognized me. He greeted my family, and I heard him explain that he recognized me because my previous owner, Josh, had often driven me to a place where he taught English near this man's house. He also talked about how I had taken Josh to the hospital with patients, sometimes starting out early in the morning, as early as three (sighs) o'clock. It makes me tired just thinking about it. Hearing him say such nice things about me gave me warm feelings though in my radiator. Just a couple days ago, I took Adam to visit his friend Navi. When we got to his house, we learned that Navi was out in his fields harvesting rice. While we were parked along the road waiting for him to come back, several people recognized me and asked Adam to come to their home and help their sick friends and family members. While Adam visited in their home, a crowd of about 20 people gathered around. It turned out that three sick people were hoping to go to the hospital in the main city. Seeing me, they remembered how Josh had used me to help in the past. Adam told them I would be taking him and his family to that main city on Wednesday and that they would be welcome to come along. Also, I was recently able to help a family in a very sad situation. Pumin, the man who helped Adam fix our well, brought a village grandfather who needed help. 
His daughter and son-in-law were in a pediatric hospital in the main city with their sick baby. The doctors had told them their baby was going to die and there was nothing more that could be done. So the parents decided to bring the baby home. They tried to get a taxi, but the driver wouldn't let them ride at all. He was afraid that the baby would die in his taxi and that his vehicle would become haunted. So Adam and I made a special trip to the main city to pick up the family. Sadly, by the time we got there, the baby had died. We brought the heartbroken parents and their baby home. It was their first child. I hope that they can see Jesus in the care Adam gave them. They were very appreciative of his love and service. My mind returns to the present. As we left the house this morning at 4.40 a.m., we are traveling over a smooth section of road on our way to the main city. Whoa, what's that? A water buffalo is charging straight across the road in front of me. I feel a jolt. Hooves fly up in the air. Amazingly, I'm unscathed. The bull bar on my bumper absorbed most of that impact. The water buffalo gets up and off the road. He keeps walking as if nothing had happened. We continue on to the main city. Sometimes I feel like I don't have much to contribute to the mission here. But the other day I heard Adam and Ruby talking about me. They call me the legacy of love. Adam was saying that people recognize me as a symbol of love and care and responsibility to the community. He said that I provide my missionaries with the ability to reach people in ways that would not be possible otherwise. And he was so thankful for those who contributed to help purchase me. That really warms my radiator. Well, if you would like to contribute to this truck's mission, or to any other mission vehicle, point your browser to afmonline.org give and click on Find a Special Project. That's afmonline.org give. You can make a difference today. Hey kids, have you ever wanted to be a missionary? Well, our second short sketch is narrated by Amber Clay, Adam and Ruby's daughter. Hi, I'm Amber Clay. Today, I am 13 years old. And I was 9 years old when I went over, and now I'm 13. The story I'd like to tell you is called The Floating Flip-Flop. Dad, I call from our little porch. 
Our backyard is full of water. Our first flood season had begun. It was Friday morning and we started moving all the stuff stored under our house to higher places. We worked all day and by evening the water was up to the edge of the concrete pad under our house. Sabbath morning the water was up to our knees. I was sure glad our house was built on stilts. Sabbath afternoon we were having fun playing on the porch and watching people play in the water. Jaden started playing with Pearl's flip-flops. Oh no! Pearl cried. Mom! Jaden threw my flip-flop into the water. Can you get it? I'll try, Mom answered. Hurry, Mom! I called. The wind is blowing it away! Mom ran down the stairs and waded out across the yard. Ah! She yelped as she stepped into a hole and caught herself on one of the water tower pillars. The wind was blowing too hard, and she couldn't catch the flip-flop before it floated out into water that was over her head. That evening, during prayer time, Alex prayed, Dear Jesus, please make Pearl's flip-flop float back. We smiled at his request. It seemed impossible because of all the water and the river flowing so close to our house. Two days later, the water was up even higher, and our backyard lake had joined the Great River. We kids stayed at home with Mom while Dad floated on an inner tube to the truck parked on the raised road so that he could drive into town to buy food. About 30 minutes after Dad left, Mom looked out the back window. Hey, she said, one of our barrels is floating in the backyard. I don't want to lose it in the river. She decided to take our other inner tube and go retrieve it. We watched her paddle around the house and past a tree. Soon she had the barrel up on the inner tube with her. Yeah, Mom's on her way back, we cheered. As she paddled closer, I saw an object sitting beside her on the inner tube. Alex, come quick, I called. Look what is floating back to the house on Mom's inner tube. When Mom got back to the house, she told us she had found the flip-flop in the branches of the tree behind her house. Thank you, Jesus, for helping Pearl's flip-flop to float back, we prayed. I'm glad Jesus listened to Alex's prayer. It makes me feel good to know that he hears us when we talk to him and that he likes to help us too, even with things that seem impossible. With God, all things are possible, as you'll see in our third vignette, this time told to us by Ruby Clay, Amber's mom. My name is Ruby Clay. I work with my husband, Adam Clay, and the rest of my family. I have four children. We work with the Great River People of Cambodia, and we're church planters with Adventist Frontier Missions. I call this story, Spuds Gone Bad. Mm -hmm. 
The peeled potatoes sat in a pot of cool water as a bubbly froth slowly grew on the surface. It looked like Sabbath lunch was going bad, but I optimistically thought that if I rinsed them well, they would be fine. But after the rinsing, they still smelled rotten. Larissa and Emily, our SMs, our student missionaries, suggested praying for the potatoes. We did, but the potatoes still smelled bad. Not only that, but our electricity had been off for more than a day, which meant that some of our stuff in the fridge was going bad as well, including the coconut milk I had been planning to use in mashing the potatoes. This series of events got us talking about faith. What is faith and when and how should we exercise it? We had tried to prepare for Sabbath like the Bible teaches. Should we go ahead and fix rotten potatoes and have faith that God would make them fresh? Backup food was available, but not prepared. Is it right to ask God for a miracle when it's not absolutely necessary? We decided we would ask God what he wanted us to do, so we prayed again, asking him our questions and reminding him of times in the Bible when he had answered food prayers miraculously. Then we started fixing the rotten potatoes. We hoped that cooking them would make them better. However, after they were cooked, they were still awful. Then I added the undeniably putrid coconut milk. I felt foolish as I dumped the slightly congealed milk into the bad potatoes. As I mashed, I started thinking about our actions and his promises. We had done everything we could to prepare for Sabbath as he had asked us to. We were striving to be in line with his will. We had claimed Bible promises. My faith started to grow. We finished preparing the food, and Emily set the potatoes down on our table, which was the clear area of the floor. Right after she set the potatoes down, the power came back on. We sat down to eat and took our first hesitant bite of the mashed potatoes. They were delicious. Not a trace of rottenness was in them. My heart soared at the miracle God had performed. I felt cherished by my Heavenly Father. As I contemplated the miracle of the rotten potatoes, hope joined my excitement. So many sick people come to see us. Some of them are affected by lifestyle diseases, some by depression and some by genetics. All are searching for help and healing. I want so badly to help them more than we have been able to. I want them to experience healing. I want them to experience wholeness. I want them to know firsthand that they are cherished by God. I believe God sent us here to help the Great River people know his love for them. Please join us as we pray for God to show us how to do that. We believe he has miracles in store far greater than renewing rotten potatoes. Mm-hmm.